0: It's lunchtime in Central Texas.
1: Live at one of the year's biggest events. As you can see, the crowd is going wild. Let's see
2: who will have their cake and eat it, too.
0: It's time for the Press Box.
3: What are we having?
0: Uh, it's just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? Soup. Oh, apple
4: juice. I can read. PB&J with the crusts cut off.
5: Well, Brian... This is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are
0: represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Oh, no, Mr. Johnson. Huh. Here's your host, Ward Whites and Cameron Stewart, along with Aaron Sexton. And it
6: is lunchtime in Central Texas here on this Rainy Tuesday.
7: I love the is rainy nights. Ever. I love the rainy okay, nights. Eddie. I could drown out there, y'all. <laughs>
4: it's you could like, drown. It is, it is it's a safety wet. hazard out there. I hope you know how to swim.
7: I do know how to swim. I'm not yeah. a very good swimmer, but I know Me how to too. swim.
6: It's a good thing to have rain.
7: I guess. I mean, it is. We need it for the grass and the trees and the birds. The lakes. The lakes.
6: I mean, the lakes are all down still. So.
7: I know. need but, to fill them up. Yeah, Remember we'll when you after were a this kid? Week. Did you ever go out and play in the rain? Yes. Sure. I was never allowed to. Never <laughs> why are y'all looking to? at me like Wait a that? <laughs> <laughs> never allowed to play Do you, to you remember why
4: you were not allowed to? Uh, because I was a girl? Okay. Yeah, My it seems d- fair to me. Yeah. My mom
7: didn't want me to get dirty.
4: I don't know. I don't that know. was something I had to get used to coming to Texas was people, a lot of people here genuinely like the rain. Because, because we hardly get any. Right, right. Now, when I first came here, I was like, "It's a you know, in the fall when you'll get those like just deluges." And I'm like, "Why are we enjoying this? <laughs> I have to walk to class. I don't have a car. Ooh, why?" Are, yeah. And everyone's like, "Yay! Yeah, it's raining." No so no. I did, I had to get that took some getting used to. Yeah. To be honest well, with you, it's cold and it's rainy. It's a good day. Oh, you like this stuff? Mm-hmm. I, I do.
7: Have you seen that, uh, what do you call those things that pop up on, like, Facebook and Instagram? Not memes, but what's the word I'm looking for? GIFs, where it says, I'm going to Texas, so I'm packing my shorts, my flip-flops, my sunscreen, my parka, my gloves, <laughs> because you never know what the my weather. Poncho, my My no? my raincoat, my fur coat, because you never know what it's going to be never like. Never know. Anyways, that has Especially nothing to do with anything. Yeah. But
6: I'm
4: like to, I like to see the rain. Well,
7: you can see it out our window. Uh, right now. I do like <laughs> seeing
4: it, it, being in it. It has it just calmed down here in the last like a minute though. Oh, and, uh, see. But it was really coming down a couple
6: minutes. Just be safe out there. Take a little extra time. You'll be all right.
7: Don't slip and slide.
6: No. That'd At be least bad. it's not sleeting right now.
7: Oof. And if you see my car, don't come near it because I just got it out of the shop. Well, you
6: <laughs> knock on wood. Why don't you? <laughs> yeah, really. Come on.
7: Oh, for real.
6: Josh Allen has expressed confidence in what's ahead for the Buffalo Bills. I, I mean, do you have confidence that the Super Bowl window is still open for the Buffalo Bills? Is that roster that young as well, they just but, can't seem to get over the hump of the Kansas City Chiefs?
4: Yeah, it's not. it's not that young. They are actually... I shouldn't say in a similar spot to the Cowboys because the Cowboys are going to have to make Dak the highest-paid player in football, and and Buffalo's not going to do that. They don't have to do that with their quarterback. But in terms of the supporting cast, those are some expiring contracts there. There there are some guys who are not locked up for much longer. So it's going to need to take a getting it right a second time, Mm -hmm. which is really tough for NFL franchises to do. I think they're a good team, Sure. But if I had to pick right now, I'd say Miami is the is the favorite in the AFC East. Buffalo's still good. I, I think they'll still be a, a playoff team or or around there. But I don't think their Super Bowl window is, is open next year. I don't.
6: If you have Josh Allen at quarterback, is there always that possibility? No. Or is he a guy that has to have the roster around him?
4: I think he's got to have it around him. Really? Yeah, and he has had it around him, and he hasn't made it yet. I like Josh I, Allen. He's I a agree. good quarterback. To Patrick
5: Mahomes every year. Yeah. I, what are we talking about?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, that that's another issue, by the way, because they're still going to be in the AFC. They're going to keep losing to Patrick Mahomes. But that that's kind of the difference, though. You know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a top one quarterback in the NFL, and that's mm-hmm. who you have to go through. I think Josh Allen's a really good quarterback. But hadn't even made a conference championship game. It, to me, it's uh I I would hope I'd be wrong for their fans' sake, but I I don't think that Super Bowl window's open until I mean until he beats Mahomes. It was the same thing. I mean, to a different extent, with Peyton Manning for years needed to beat Brady, and then he finally did, and he won right. the Super Bowl. I mean, it's this is not too dissimilar to that. I don't think.
7: I agree with that.
6: It's not. It it is it similar to John Elway for so long in Denver. Sure, he was getting there though. I mean, but it it took him to in the Super
4: Bowl, but he was getting there. It, Yes. Yeah.
6: He was getting to the Super
4: Bowl. Right. And he had a rarity of basically having three, two, maybe three Super Bowl windows within his own career, mm-hmm. which is just not easy to do. So it, it is similar to that. You know, it, it's not that he doesn't have the talent to win a Super Bowl. You know, I think he's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts, who was in the Super Bowl last year, but it's just the, the way they'd have to go is through Kansas City. And until those guys start getting old enough or their contracts start run, start running out, uh, I'm going to have to roll with Kansas City. And I think Baltimore's probably got a better all-around roster than Buffalo. So, I would say
6: so, too, besides the fact that what you mentioned as well, it's not just Josh Allen. It's who's around Josh Allen. And there's questions surrounding this team, like Stephon Diggs, 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Seven games of the season, the final seven games of the season, including the playoffs, 41 receiving yards and zero touchdowns. Is that good? No. (laughs) No. That's
4: that's not good. That's not what you're looking for from Diggs, your number one guy, right? And I think if you're looking to say Josh Allen is that elite quarterback, that's a great stat because they won all but one of those games. Mm -hmm. They won six in a row going into it, and Allen found other guys. But I just don't know. We've seen quarterbacks do kind of make do with the scrap heap that they have around them, but it doesn't usually lead to a Super Bowl. You can be good, you can go to the playoffs, but it just doesn't usually lead to a Super Bowl.
6: No, anyway. it doesn't. Von Miller, who'll be 35 in March, had zero sacks this Did season. Did
4: nothing. Just and got he's a twenty three point nine
6: million cap hit. Oof. I mean That's the do big you run it back with him? No. Mm-mm. I don't no. know how you can. He didn't make it past March first. I I really don't know how you can now. Will somebody else pick him up on a reasonable deal? Probably. I mean, I don't think he's done playing, but it's going to be home, Von. It's it's <laughs> going to be at a discount. Well, yeah, I
4: I would not mind that at all. Because he, I mean, that's the kind of free agents the Cowboys have gotten the last two seasons here. Mm-hmm. Guys who are, you know, past their prime, but still. I mean, I think of the two guys this year, Cooks and Gilmore. Past their prime, but something left in the tank, and you get them for cheap. I I don't know exactly what Von Miller's market is. I haven't looked into it. I'll, I'll be fair. But um, that would not be a, a signing that would shock me from the Cowboys standpoint. No, me either. Complimenting Micah Parsons, too, that only helps both of them.
6: Well, and again, if you I'm can get him, him on the show. cheap, then, you know, roll the dice. Bring him in training camp, see what happens. I you know I don't know. His, I think there will be. Diggs on his way out of Buffalo.
4: I don't think so. But his brother wants so. him to be in Dallas. And you just wonder with him, you know, you just read the numbers off there a few minutes ago. What's his price tag going to be? It's not going to be
6: as high as it. I mean, his North cap hit. North of thirty. I mean, can his still cap make plays, hit is but... twenty-two million against the Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So I mean.
4: They may make some rearrangements. So if you're the optimistic Buffalo fan, you say, hey, you know, at least for the second half of the season, and in the case of Von Miller, the whole season, those two guys were dead weight. We cleared them off the books, 40, 50 million right there. We've got a good coach. We've got a good, still still fairly in his prime quarterback. I know it's Buffalo, but can we attract guys here? Can we attract free agents here? I don't know what the free agent class is, but I, would I think, think so. so. But yes, with, I, w- I would say their championship window might be close, Josh but I don't think that with window. With Josh is close.
6: at quarterback, I think he can attract some people there.
4: I agree. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know who's out there. I haven't looked yet. <laughs> I haven't looked at the free agent class yet. Um, It'll be interesting to see how who's that franchise
6: on one- moves forward because after so many attempts, at knocking off Pat Mahomes and KC, and I'm, they're not the only ones that can't do it. I'm just saying right. that this was supposed to be the... You finally got them at home. You finally got your opportunity. This is this looks really good for Buffalo, and you can't get it done. Wide right. Right. And so when does the frustration start festering for the Bills?
4: It's probably already there. I would I think would say, so. Yeah, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Uh, but what's... But what's surprised me about the Bills the last couple of years is I know, you know, this is the most painful one. But this has happened to them a couple of times. And they keep coming back. Maybe they're cursed. I maybe mean, maybe. Yeah, probably.
7: I mean they can't seem but, to get past this one hurdle. Maybe they are.
4: Yeah, but but for thirty years between losing those four straight Super Bowls <laughs> and this last twenty five years, they were terrible. They were nothing. And they were just beaten down, you know, frozen tundra, Buffalo, nothing going on. The Bills always stink. Like, it was, it was a, a sour place to be. And for them to have this heartbreaking loss a couple of times to Kansas City and keep coming back, there is something to that with their franchise. Because mm-hmm. I didn't think they'd be able to do that. Um, but they have. And so do I think their championship window is closed? Yes. But it doesn't mean they're in bad shape. I think they're still a good team. They'll still be in the playoffs.
6: I I I think think. they can still make a run. I really do. It just depends on, I think they're going to make some moves in the offseason and maybe some drastic moves in the offseason. I don't think the window has completely shut down on them yet.
4: I I also wonder, because I do think they'll make moves too, I I just wonder what those moves are to beat beat Kansas City. And that's got to be the moves that you have to be looking at, right? Yeah, but, but I look at... You know, Diggs, that's one. All right, you're looking for X receiver, right? And he wasn't productive those last seven games, but he had some pretty productive years in Buffalo, and they still didn't beat Kansas City. So that, that's what I'm thinking of as someone from the outside. What is that move? What, what makes them better than Kansas City? Because we talked about this yesterday. I think they've matched up pretty well, and they've been a very well-rounded team the last couple of years. There's nothing that has said, you know, they don't have that. You know, that's why they can't beat Kansas City. They just have a very good, at times elite quarterback. Uh, elite quarterback, to use that word, that buzzword from yesterday. Elite quarterback, just not the best quarterback. Right. That's the frustrating part. Has is, to be. Is much like we talk about the Cowboys in a different circumstance, but have a great roster. There's no real glaring hole that they should be losing this playoff game as bad as they did to Green Bay. Buffalo's got the same thing of what, what, Is it? What is it? They're all close games. It's not a huge strategy thing. It's clearly not a position group that they're just getting killed at. So what is it to get them over that hump? They're cursed. Maybe they thought, you know, we just got to get them at home. That's it. We keep playing an arrowhead every year. That didn't work either. They're cursed. I uh, I seem to be convinced. Is is it coaching? I I mean, probably. Maybe. Because that's... the fine margins that a lot of these games come down to, and Andy Reid is a better coach, but again, it's the same thing. I think Sean McDermott's a good coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think Joe Brady's a good offensive coordinator. Now, he did have some issues in the second half of that game against Kansas City, but like I think Sean McDermott's a, a really good coach. Andy Reid's a Hall of Fame coach. Josh Allen's an elite quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is the most elite quarterback. You know, it's those, it's those fine margins that I'm seeing between those two teams. And I know we harp on Kansas City, but we just talked about that. That's all they need to get past to get to the promised land, to get to the Super Bowl here. Sure, Miami is, is good. And I think probably a little bit better than them on paper going into next year because you don't know who you're replacing Diggs with. But Buffalo just beat them to the punch for the AFC East Championship, mm-hmm. beat them in the last week of the season. And Miami didn't look like they should have been on the same field as Kansas City.
6: They didn't want to be on the field. No,
4: no, that's a better way to put it. So. I look at the AFC, and I just, I don't know, and we haven't even talked about Baltimore because, Mm. not that Baltimore's not a good team, but we've seen them go up and down. You know, the last time Lamar won the MVP, they were the one seed. That was four years ago. What did they do in between? Not much of anything. Made the playoffs, sure, but Mm -hmm. they they weren't a serious threat. And so you wonder, you know, after this year, are they... Not a serious threat again. So it's, it really is. It's Kansas City. And if Buffalo can keep the pace in free agency, it's still them there. I just don't know. If you had to have me put money on it, I say they wouldn't get to the Super Bowl. I,
6: I don't I I don't disagree with that at all. Stephanie, hmm. two championship games this mm-hmm. weekend. Yep. Which one are you more excited about? KC and Baltimore, Detroit, San Francisco.
7: Probably Detroit and San Francisco. Okay, or the Lions. Yes, because because what we talked about the other day, the Lions have been nothing, and now Campbell has taken this team to where they're at over the past three years, and I'd like to see Detroit win. I would. Um, Something new. A, yeah, different. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Baltimore and Kansas City. I'll be on the edge of my seat the whole time. Honestly, because I just I don't I don't know I don't know who's gonna win that
6: second straight playoff game. Pat Mahomes has to go on the road. I don't know. Take on the league MVP.
7: Maybe if Taylor Swift there, they can take
4: it. Oh, she'll be there. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't bet against him. No. That's all I'd say. I think right, Baltimore's I a really good team
6: this year. I think Kansas City wins this game. And I and I know it's Tuesday. I, I hold reserve the right to change my mind by Friday when we do our picks, but. I, early glance and just looking at some things, I think KC overall, give me Pat Mahomes. I think he's the better quarterback, and I'm always going to take the better quarterback. I know he's the MVP this year. I get it. But I just think there's something special about Patrick Mahomes.
4: And he is the better money quarterback. I mean, you can't, that's inarguable. Mm Mm-hmm. Won two Super Bowls 13 and three in the playoffs. yeah and and it's not it's not a case where it's Patrick Mahomes and a bunch of nobodies like a lot of the media will try to make you think the receiving core is not great no it's not but they've had a pretty darn good defense all year- mm-hmm. still got Travis Kelsey and so yeah do I think Baltimore better overall team maybe but it's not that far off and when it's not that far off I'm going with the battle tested playoff quarterback
7: well, and I Personally. think I think too that for me, I could be wrong, that Kansas City does perform better under pressure.
4: Yeah, well, Way, there's no doubt. I mean,
7: a so going to play in Baltimore, I don't think it's going to phase them a, a a bit.
4: Yeah, I kind of thought that last week too. With, in a Buffalo, you know, it was the first time in however many years they played a road playoff game, and I was like, I don't think these guys are all that worried no, about and,
7: it. And the weather <laughs> is no factor because they play in right, cold weather, right? So, um. I just I don't know, but I I like I'd like to see Detroit go just because,
4: and they have pretty uniforms. Oh, <laughs> by the way, that's a UT A and M coaching matchup. It is mm-hmm. edge to Dan Campbell because a I hate UT and b he <sighs> actually like played real football there. Yes, he Kyle did. Shanahan just kind of had a uniform on and <laughs> learned some coaching there.
7: <laughs> okay.
4: All right. Just a tackle dummy. Dan Campbell was playing real football. Anyway.
7: Well,
4: there you go. We'll talk
6: some basketball. NCAA basketball, men's and women's last night. Some really interesting games, including one here in Waco. We'll get into that next here on the press box.
8: Join us for the Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday live from Rudy's with the voice of the Bears, John Morris.
2: Join us Thursday and hear from equestrian head coach Casey Maxwell and men's basketball head coach Scott Brew.
8: That's Thursday from 6 till 7 p.m. for the Baylor Coaches Show here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas.
2: The savings continue with the Start Something New sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. Say big right now and get all 2024 Jeep Grand Cherokees at 10% below MSRP. Or all 2023 Jeep Compass and Renegades for 10% below MSRP or 2023 Gladiator Overland with over $13,000 in savings. First responders get an extra $500 in savings only at Allen Samuels in Waco. Come by, let's be friends.
7: com.
0: My house 및
6: Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. Universal Windows Central or call two five four three zero one seven seven six zero. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews.
0: I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios.
6: Paparolo's Pizza,
0: Waco's oldest family owned pizzeria,
6: with two locations to serve you better Valley Mills Drive and Hewitt Drive. Come down in for a unique experience or use their convenient drive thru on the way home. Order online at paparolo's.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. That's paparolo's.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. Paparolo's, voted the best pizza in Waco.
1: Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. Witt Building Supplies, your
9: one and only trusted building supplies company now has two locations, same great quality, same great prices, two great locations. Gatesville and Marlin Witt Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection, metal building systems to meet all your construction needs with our extensive range of materials. We ensure you'll have everything you need, a commitment to quality and customer satisfaction. We strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher price.
6: Steve Myatt, a Stiefel financial advisor, is a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears. Since 1890, Stiefel financial advisors like Steve Myatt have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Myatt at 254 399 7450. To schedule an appointment, or stop by Stiefel Waco office located at 1200 West Highway 6, Stiefel, Nicholas and Company, Incorporated.
0: Member SIPC and NYSC. Your home for the world champion Texas Rangers. ESPN, Central Texas.
6: ELO to bring us back here on a rainy Tuesday.
4: Fitting today. It is. The teams are winning. The sun is out. <laughs> <laughs> All that great stuff. Hey, it's uh-huh. Taco Tuesday. Sir.
6: It is Taco Tuesday. Uh-huh. I thought Steph was going to take care of us on Taco Tuesday. Yeah, what what happened, happened to that?
5: Always saying
4: stuff. Yeah. What happened? Huh? She's probably getting pretty cheap outside of Fuzzies these days. I
5: know it didn't happen.
4: I would say tacos. Yeah. Didn't uh-huh. happen.
6: Big 12 basketball last night. We'll start on the inside. K. Uh, Kansas State takes down Cincinnati, 74 to 69. We talked about that yesterday. Does Kansas bounce back, and do you really want to be Cincinnati going into Allen Fieldhouse after what happened over the weekend? And look, it's it's the grind of the Big 12, right? Yep. And, and we've said it over and over again, almost to where it's nauseating. But it's just true every single night. I mean, does Cincinnati have really the team that should be that close to KU? No. Nope. But they are, and I, I think it's just again, this conference will beat you down,
4: yeah, night in and night out. And and this was a depth game, really. I mean, Kansas won with uh, a really good second half from this kid Johnny Furphy. We know if you've heard of him before. Who? Young kid. 23 points on the night. gives. He's the leading scorer. Gives them the lift in the second half. This game was tied at halftime. It was playing into Cincinnati's hands. And that's what I mean when I was talking about the Bearcats yesterday. is They're close. They're, they're not there yet. And they'll lose a lot of games. But they're rarely, if ever, going to get blown out. And that was the thing. I mean, Kansas just had a little bit more talent. And usually... When you see the way these teams match up, it, where they are in the standings, mm-hmm. in any other conference, and you're playing at one of the great home court advantages in all of college basketball, in any other conference, that's a twenty point win. You know that's that's Duke versus uh, Virginia Alcorn Tech, State. <laughs> or or that. Fine, fine. We'll go even deeper. That's a that's a that's a big victory. But in the Big Twelve, it's just not. It's just not. You got to sweat these things out. And I know Kansas doesn't take it for granted anymore. When you lose to UCF and you lose to West Virginia, you don't take these games for granted anymore. Now, I didn't see the end of this game. I saw the first half, and Kansas, or Cincinnati was really bullying them. But I say I didn't see the end of the game because tight victory. Allen Fieldhouse, you never know. Right. You never know what those calls were down the stretch. But it seems to me, i, I missed like the last 10 minutes, but Kansas is making the plays. Johnny Furphy was making the plays. And that's, that's the fine margin here. When you're talking about a team that was preseason number one versus one that's already got six losses, it's the margin of, like, a freshman bench guy coming up big. Right. That's incredible. Even though it's a Kansas victory, that's an incredible mark on the conference. It is, and it, it doesn't change tonight, I don't think. Oh, by the way, before we leave Kansas-Cincinnati, this okay. is a random because I know you like sports history. Great nugget, Cincinnati had I don't had never played Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse. Really, had never played Kansas there. But a Cincinnati Bearcat has the all-time single-game scoring record at Allen Fieldhouse. They played a tournament game there in '56. Really, Oscar Robertson scored 58 Oscar points Robertson. How about Arkansas. that? That nuts. That's that a cool stat.
6: That is a very cool stat.
4: I think, and and what's funny is I saw this other stat last night. So Joel Embiid for the Sixers scored 70 points last night. Yes, he did. There's been 14 70 plus point games in the history of the NBA. Half of them have been by Kansas Jayhawks. No other no other school has won. Now, obviously, Wilt accounts for if not five, then six of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you think of that, like, A, that's an incredible stat. But then going back to the Oscar Robertson stat, this team has had you know Wilt, uh, Paul Pierce, Danny Manning, JoJo White, and the all-time leading scorer, or for a single game, and that fieldhouse is Oscar Robertson in a tournament game. That's pretty cool. I don't know. No, don't that's
6: know. really cool. You, you could cool uh, You could make a lot of money on that trivia question. Yeah. Well, I
4: hope <laughs> nobody saw no, nope, or not too many people saw that tweet yesterday that that guy put out. That, that was, is. <laughs> that's incredible. But God, I got to go to a game there at some point. I I would love
6: to as well. Oh. Just, that's just that's, that's, that's awesome. one of those sports bucket lists.
4: And there's, there's just so few of them. I hate because it's incorrect, but I'll use the term anyway, so unique. Like there are just so few of them in sports in general, but especially college basketball. Mm-hmm. For me, I know there are some other great environments, but for me, it's Cameron Indoor, Allen Fieldhouse. That's it. The two historic ones, the cathedrals of college basketball. Oh, I gotta go now. I'm fired up. I gotta get, I gotta get my butt to Lawrence, Kansas in the winter time. That's what I'm thinking. That's not a bad deal. In the dead of winter, yeah. I, you know, there's,
6: there's several of those sports bucket lists that I have out there that I haven't done yet that I really want to do. Can I hear a few of them? Uh, yeah i I want to go to. I want to go see the Cowboys play. In New York. Okay. And, and and I don't know why it's New York, but I just want to go to Met Stadium and see the Cowboys play at Met Stadium.
4: This is going to match up because you also want to go to New York around Christmas time. Yes. Yes. This is going to match up one year. They're going to be there December 14th. I'm telling you. Okay, that that's a good one. All right.
6: I would like to do that. Uh, I still would like to go in. It's... It's never going to happen now because it's no longer there. But one of my bucket lists was to go to old Yankee Stadium. Mm. And I guess going to the new Yankee Stadium, I haven't been there. I would like to go to a game there just because it's still Yankee Stadium.
4: It is a nice ballpark. I didn't go to the old one, so I can't compare it. But the new one is nice. It Mm -hmm. is. And they surprisingly, this was six years ago when I went, almost seven. Surprisingly, good deals on concessions. Keep that in mind. Not a bad deal. Expensive because everyone is, but they give you a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you can buy a water bottle outside of the ballpark and bring it in. How about that? How about that? There are some... Not many parks you can do that. No, no. And I think it's actually a good move. I mean, it's people... It's in the Bronx. Not the best part of town. That's what I've heard. Hand handlers, drifters. What they do is they get them a cooler and they let them sell water bottles. Mm -hmm. They keep a commission of it and they keep some water. And you can bring that into the ballpark. Anyway, that's a that's a quick aside. It's a, it's a good ballpark. Good take.
6: Another baseball park I want to visit: Fenway. Yeah, baby, yes. Haven't got we to can do make that. that. Happen. I've been to Wrigley. Oh, so I have not. That's on mine. Been to Dodgers. Good one. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the other two that I'd like to see.
4: Well, they I would say they'd be cheap this year because they're going to stink, but it's still the most <laughs> expensive tickets in baseball. It's an absolute scam up there. Anyway. Great and, ball it, park, and if great it, ball if, if if i go to fenway i want to sit
6: at the green monster okay that that's ain't my easy. bucket it ain't easy no because those seats are limited right yeah
4: yeah so and they're popular
6: they are i'm sure they are
4: it is a great view you'll lose some that go off the wall but mm-hmm. overall it's a it's a great view and the, i would it, say
6: my other bucket list is to go to cooperstown but i'm I'm almost anti Cooperstown and boycotting it because okay. I had a chance a few years ago and I said, "No, nah, I'm not going until they put Pete Rose in." Oh, I'm not there. Award the white silent protest. It is. It, it, it ridiculous, yes, but it is what it is. I I'm also, thinks, it hasn't happened, I I also think I also think they have to they have to recognize the steroids decade, mm-hmm. and not just say, these great players are not going to be in because they cheated. I get they cheated, but all of baseball cheated at that time, right. and right. a couple of those guys saved baseball. And I'm talking about Sosa and McGuire. Mm-hmm. Without that home run race, baseball would not be where it's at right now. Would not. The really disgusting
5: thing is, there's they put in players that we know abused PEDs, Big poppy. Mm-hmm. among yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not Piazza. saying that. I mean he's just the most obvious one. Piazza, yeah. I'm it, sure Griffey did. The the thing the disgusting thing about it is it basically became not who cheated but who cheated that we didn't like so we're right. cuz we'll keep them out of the Hall right. of Fame. And that's what they're doing. They didn't like Clemens and Bonds, which they were jerks, but i was going to
4: say easy to not like them, Yeah, sure,
5: but, but <laughs> it's just but. sports writers being petty and that's why I, my least favorite of any of the Hall of Fames is the baseball because baseball Hall of Fame voters each individually think they
6: they're
4: above the game
5: th- and yes. that they control the epidemic. Hall of Fame yep. exactly that they're that their voice is more
4: important and yeah and, and, and that's what's too why I don't it's the best museum it is yeah. the it, well I haven't been to football so I shouldn't say that but it's a terrific museum but the, I, all of Aaron's points are right, and that's been a problem with baseball for a century well here, here's other. another guy that we never really even talk about too Cam how about Alex Rodriguez yeah
6: I mean. In 2014, he's banned for a full season.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Yet, he is loved by baseball fans.
4: This weird rehabbing of, this, of his image. Yeah.
6: Yes, because of the image he has with being on the pregame and the postgame show on Fox and, and everybody migrating to him. But he's probably never going to get in the Hall of Fame. And he's probably one of the best infielders to ever play
4: the game. Yeah. I mean, one of the most gifted right-handed hitters ever. I yes. Mean, for, without a doubt. Um, and, and that's the, that's the thing though. It's this, it's this image thing. Like, uh, you know, Rodriguez is out there and he's just being an absolute boring drip on Fox, but we see it more. So we like him. Whereas Mark McGuire was always one of the nicest guys in the game or Sammy Sosa was beloved by everybody. Uh, but you know, they get lumped into that deal with, with Clemens and bonds and, Oh, those guys are jerks and they're cheaters. And the farther we move away from it, I'm hoping that helps. But I, I agree. I, I don't love that they cheated. I don't. But to your point, so many people did. I was going to say. And did not live up to that level. And it, it's it's still not an easy thing to do. And and it is, at the end of the day, it's a museum. It's a museum.
6: It's history.
4: Right. Is the, that not
6: a part of baseball's history?
4: Like, how many war museums do you go to and see swastikas? Like, that's... it's. From the, the war, like, you know what I mean? It, it, this is an entire era of baseball that they're trying to just wipe away by putting in guys like Scotty Rowland, <laughs> Hall of Famer, my butt. Come on. Right. Scott Rowland, was there any point, in, any point in his career where you said, boy, that's a Hall of Famer right there? No way. And a good player, but come on. In that 10-year oh, span
6: or 15-year span or whatever it was, in your opinion – and and I'd like to hear from both of you guys. In your opinion, I know that we got This is off,
4: topical. We, we're, we're, we, this we is got January, off, though. They're the, voting. They're voting here. The was there more or less
6: players in Major League Baseball that were doing something. Maybe not to the extent that we saw mm-hmm. Conseco and Bonds and McGuire. But I think there was more skewed on the side of there there's a lot of guys in baseball doing something yes Uh, we way
5: back in the day but this was during the steroids era or right after it It was a few years after actually but there was a salesman that played uh minor league baseball for espn and he made it to double a he was a pitcher and you know a couple of us were asking him you know what yeah what, why, what was the biggest reason why you couldn't make the jump? And he was like, because I wouldn't use steroids. He said, yeah. there, was, there was guys that I was in single A with that when we got to double A, they went from throwing upper 80s, lower 90s, to mid to upper 90s, and they're on their way to triple A in the major leagues, where is he kind of got stuck in double A and then ended up retiring. So I think... Just from that and everything else I've read, you know, Canseco's book turning out mm-hmm. to be so accurate, I think it was super widespread.
4: And, and the thing with it too is, you you remember back to '98, the home run chase. What they found in McGuire's locker was not a banned substance. It was not. And, it was, and sure, he probably he did take banned substances at some point, but it it was not banned. It, it was, was, creatine, was banned by the U- Right. It was banned by the USOC, <laughs> and so that's why people were, you know, were. Um, We're kind of raising questions about it, but it wasn't on the substance list. Well, it's not. And it's not even, it wasn't even an anabolic steroid. Like It is it is probably the most common
5: supplement used by people who just work out. Like if you work out regularly, almost everyone I know that does takes creatine because it's a great supplement with no side effects.
4: And to that point, that tells me... And, and he was using it to come back from an injury. And that's what we hear all the time. Where I mean, Clemens' arm was shot before he started doing the shots, right? And so then I'm thinking, well, they're not just doing this for Roger Clemens. They're not just doing this for Jose Canseco. That's that's how these guys are rehabbing back then, you know what I mean? And so wh- with how fast and loose it was with the rules and what was banned and what wasn't and, and no testing back then, then, yeah, I'm sure more than half of the league was doing that. And again, a lot of guys were doing it that did not play up to that level. Ken Caminiti Caminiti had a 50-home run season and fizzled out. So, you know, it it doesn't always guarantee you. In fact, I think one of my favorites, Nomar garcia Parra, was almost certainly taking steroids or some kind of anabolic steroid because the way his body broke down and even come close to a Hall of Fame career after being on that trajectory for the first six or seven years of his career. Right. So, all that to say... Those guys should be in. I looked at the ballot this morning. I had a friend that asked me. uh, So it's too bad, Ward, because you're missing out. There's going to be a Ranger that gets in this year. Yes, there is. is going to get in. Uh, But I'm just looking at the ballot, and I looked. I got to bring up the text real quick here. So I'm like, if I'm not including steroid guys, and I'm just looking on on first look, I'm not doing a deep dive into the stats. I'm looking at Beltray, Andrew Jones, Carlos Beltran, Maybe Todd Helton. Doesn't really it just doesn't sound like a Hall of Fame list to you. No. It, it doesn't. doesn't. And and I are those living room names. No. no. And, and and I look, Todd Helton had some fantastic seasons at the turn of the century, like all time kind of like almost Ruthian kind of numbers. Like literally, compared to the rest of the league. Um But then I see, well, here's where they start testing and here's where he becomes a pedestrian player. <laughs> And so and to that end I'm like, well what is he? Whereas a uh, Mark McGuire who's hitting 50 home runs in his first season, then I'm like, well, he's probably like Roger Clemens, if he's not taking steroids till after he leaves the Red Sox, he's basically got a Hall of Fame career right there. And I know it's tough to cherry pick and choose, but we have a pretty good idea with these guys. Absolutely. And I look at Helton the first half of his career is fantastic and the second half he's a above league average first baseman. But not much more than that.
5: There were a <laughs> few players like that. Like I'm just thinking, like Richie Sexton. Yeah, had like three phenomenal really really years during the steroid era, and then nothing else. And there was a guy for the Indians, and I can't remember his name. I'll have to look it up. Same time period, like 2005.
4: Travis Hafner.
5: There it is. Pronk. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, three look, you could great have,
4: years during the steroid era. You could have said it about Beltre. You could have. Oh, four with the Dodgers. He hits what 48 homers. Signs that McDeal deal with Seattle and was fizzling out. Had to sign a one-year deal with the Red Sox before going to the Rangers and has a Hall of Fame career after that. So, obviously, he is a legitimate Hall of Famer. But it, to me, if I, I don't like ch- cherry-picking the time frames like that with Clemens and, and those guys. But but did they have a legitimate Hall of Fame career? And I would say yes. That's what I think. And, again, at, for me at the end of the day, it's a museum. It's history. These are the best got players to, put them to ever in there. I mean, Barry Bonds is at worst a top five hitter ever to play the game. Like, what are we doing? man? And he was a 40-40 guy before his head grew four sizes. So, <laughs> I mean, like... And he'd already won two MVPs, did Yeah, he? at least. I mean, we're, we're talking about, like, a real elite player that got a little bit more elite. And I don't want to just downplay the fact that they took banned substances and some of them took them when they knew they were banned substances but at the end of the day these are the best some of the best players ever to play i just i'm interested to see how this works out cuz i hate the veterans committee and the hall of fame vote i can talk sorry i can talk baseball hall of fame voting all day i know we got to go here but uh i don't i don't like the veterans committee so i don't like it if that's how they get in but at this point i think that's how they have to and,
6: and i don't know that, i don't know the if they ever get in I don't I, and i, I don't think it's travesty because again, of the way baseball i'm not going is. because of it
4: because of the way baseball is. And especially with the Pete Rose thing, which we kind of got away from real quick. How many ads do you hear now? I do them every day for Locked On Bay or for America's number one sports book, FanDuel. Absolutely. It is such a non-taboo thing. And I actually probably think of the Pete Rose thing in a little bit worse terms than some of these steroid guys because he had so much control in the game. But I don't know. He's a Hall of Fame player, man. He's not. You, he, that's he doesn't that's need the thing that a, always bugged me. He doesn't he's need to go going in as, as a manager. manager. You know, as I, a player, he's top five that ever played the game. Yeah. And if we're having sports fans the in there, come on.
6: Like, yeah. Get, give <laughs> me mean, a break.
4: Even as members of the media, come on. Yeah. Give put me a, a break. Put him in.
6: Anyway. All right. There you go. Got off track a little bit, but yes, that's good. That the was best fun.
4: Way I could do whole two hours on this.
6: <laughs> we'll get yeah. back into it a little bit later. I still want to hear your bucket list of sports yes, places you want to yes, go. We'll I'm get into in. that in the next hour, and we'll
0: get into some more Big Twelve basketball. But coming up next, she's back. This is ESPN Central Texas.
1: Cunningham. Cunningham Realtor with Colwell Baker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more.
9: Morrison's Gifts would like to thank all of their friends, family, and extended family, their customers, for another amazing year. They would also like to extend a special thanks to Eminem Broadcasters, ESPN Central Texas, and Shooter FM for helping grow their business through the uncertainty of the pandemic and recent economic concerns. Morrison's Gifts would especially like to thank the community for shopping local. Morrison's is a proud Baylor alumni owned business serving gift giving needs of Central Texas. Go see our friends at Morrison's Gifts on the corner of Waco Drive and Valley Mills close to Jason's Deli. Witt Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company now has two locations, same great quality, same great prices, two great locations. Gatesville and Marlin Witt Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection, metal building systems to meet all your construction needs. With our extensive range of materials, we ensure you'll have everything you need, a commitment to quality and customer satisfaction. We strive to exceed your expectations.
0: Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher prices. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas.
6: Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. Steve Myatt, a Stiefel financial advisor, is a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears. Since 1890, Stiefel financial advisors like Steve Myatt have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Myatt at 254-399-7450. To schedule an appointment or stop by Stiefel Waco office located at 1200 West Highway 6 Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated member SIPC and NYSE
0: time now for Stephanie sports talk a look at sports through the eyes of Stephanie as only she could do with the Googles presented by advanced leveling house and foundation repair Epperson tractor La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina, Mosby's Land Management, Stiefel Investments, Volkswagen of Waco. She's back. (laughs) I'm back. You are.
7: I didn't even drown. You didn't? No, I might though. Okay. Look at those petals out there.
6: Well, just you know, don't go outside and act like an ostrich, and you'll be all
7: right. How do ostriches act? (laughs)
6: When it rains, no. they look up and drown. What? A lot of times. Is that a thing? That is a real thing. They're they not a
4: bright f- animal. Look it up on your Googles.
7: <laughs> on my Googles.
4: <laughs> they probably play some sort of sport. I'm I sure that'll learned. be in tomorrow's.
7: We have done ostrich racing, and it is like uh, fabulousness. Really? Y'all have to see when the world championship is.
4: You so those go things to can go, man. Those, those they things can fly. I- fly. I mean, not, not really not literally but yes, but they, they can they can they go like they can hustle man they
7: go like 70 miles they can go up to 70 miles an hour 70 mm-hmm.
4: that's oof that's nuts and, i'm yeah. not
6: getting on an ostrich that goes 70
7: <laughs> Dude, i'm gonna tell you wild. that right now yeah. i'll tell you it's right, right now it. i'm not getting on an ostrich at all i'll get on a camel
6: there's that, some yeah we've been trying to do, do that for it. a while yeah. i'm not buying it
5: oh gosh
7: you know i'm a busy woman
6: i know that's right <laughs>
7: All right, I'm gonna take you down a road that we've never been down, boys. Whoa! So hold on tight. So everybody knows I love to skydive. I yep. love it. It's yep. mm-hmm. Fun. It's an extreme sport. Well, they have wing suit flying. And what it is is it's a wing suit where you sp- like you spread out like your legs and arms. Oh, okay, yeah. mm-hmm. so you look like a bird. Okay. It, okay, so your arms are like the wings and your legs are like the tail of a bird. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's got, um. what does it say? Yeah, so it, it does have a parachute like a skydiver would, but you don't pull that parachute till you're almost to the bottom of the ground. But here's the thing, you know, skydivers jump out of airplanes. These right. guys you can, but most of them will jump off like mountaintops. And buildings, and so I watched some videos on YouTube. It is nuts because you could actually lose your way, like the way you, I think you steer yourself, right? That right. You keep, I would imagine
4: if you've got if you've got the wings that there's some sort of way you can do that. Uh huh.
7: Okay. Uh huh. So they say that the wingsuit flyers, the people who do it, are able to create a powerful lifting force, so they fly through the air rather than fall out of the sky. Well, they say it's extremely dangerous, and estimated yeah, that I'd one imagine. in every five hundred people die.
5: That's one in every five hundred jumps. Well, yeah, that they take, not like. Oh, you've done this? No, I just googled it because I was—I remember that being really, really. The Google's.
7: It's a thing. It's really, not really,
5: like, really like high fatality. So I just wanted to see. Yeah, it's myself, not like base yeah.
7: flying where you like. This is like you're like zooming through like trees and stuff.
4: I don't if, know if, if like I like a flying squirrel. Yes. Yes. That's exactly yeah. what it yes. looks like actually. The the yeah, suit it does. looks like a flying it, squirrel. They sh- yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't I don't think I have the clutch factor to get that right. Because uh, you to gotta be thinking in the mid drop, you know, you've gotta have a clear mind on well, how you can steer <laughs> what you need to do, exactly how do you like, land without I crash landing? That.
7: Well, you have a parachute. So that's how. But here's the other thing.
4: So if all goes wrong, you just pull the parachute. Just pull the parachute. Okay. All right. Well, no, maybe I, I can't do this. No, I might be able to,
7: but <laughs> I mean, I don't think I could, like, go through trees and stuff and zoom down and through, like, New York City because people have tried that. So get this. Ugh. They say that um, there's a tremendous force of gravity and air, so the flyer can sometimes go off course, which is why I'm talking.
4: Like, yeah, your head could crush into a tree or something. So get this. This actual, Actually, if you're just like walking in New York City and here comes and someone la- some jack wagon is trying to be a flying squirrel in the middle of Manhattan, <laughs> just trying to get to work, you know, my well, hour long work and a commute 10 miles. Oh. Well,
7: they say that um, a lapse of judgment, you can see a mid-air collision take place if you're not careful. Ugh. Well, get this. So the suit that they use today finally uh, came to tuition or whatever and came through and Back in 1990. So the sport started in 1990. However, there's this dude, right? His name is Frank Reichold. Don't know him because he's older than me.
6: (laughs) Okay. That's the reason you don't know him?
7: Well, yeah, because this was back in 1912.
4: Okay. So Uh in
7: February 4th of 1912, (laughs) he was 30. (laughs) Pre-Titanic sinking. Yeah, he was 30.
4: What? Yeah, The Titanic sunk in April.
7: Okay, Same yeah. week
4: that Fenway Park opened.
7: Okay, so he's 33 years old, and he came up with the idea of to fly like a bird, like not skydive, but do wingsuit. So he built a suit. Well, he broke into how'd the, that work out for him? I'm about to tell you. <laughs> so <laughs> I got to play like good Titanic. <laughs> so he went to the Eiffel Tower. Well, there was ice and snow, right? He broke in and told the guards there that he was practicing to do this jump, but a dummy was gonna do it. Okay, well this is how dumb he is. The suit didn't work and mm-hmm. he hit the ground. Of course, we know he didn't make it, but he left a big hole in the frozen grounds uh-huh. of New York City.
6: No, wait a minute. Or what how did. did how did he get wait, from Wait, wait, was he in the Eiffel Tower? How did he get from the Eiffel Tower to New York City?
7: Isn't that in New York City? No, ma'am. Oh no, that's Paris, right.
6: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say if he if he got I from the be, Eiffel Tower to New York City and put Empire. a hole in the ground, <laughs> he made a success of the flying suit.
7: He could have. <laughs> I was thinking Empire State Building, but yeah, you're right. I, so he had been in Paris. But anyways, he broke in, jumped off, and oh, hit the ground. The so he didn't So make he it. jumped
6: off the Empire State Building.
7: No, Eiffel Tower.
6: So he was in Paris. So, so he power. never went okay. to New
7: York City, I guess.
6: Well, not if he died in Paris. Jumping off the Eiffel Tower.
7: (laughs) They're close together. (laughs) (laughs) No, They're just a few hundred miles away.
4: Yeah, that's a little bit more than that. (laughs) Hundreds do go into thousands, so...
7: How many miles?
4: A thousand, maybe? No. I'd say like 3,000.
7: From New York City? From New York? Oh, yes. Let's find this out. You're going from New York. Think about it, people. Mm Mm-hmm. To Paris.
4: Across the Atlantic Ocean, yep.
7: I know, and we know that you can't <laughs> swim across it without dying. But I think it's, I'm going to guess, maybe 1,200 miles.
6: How about 3,631 miles?
7: That's <laughs> close.
4: <laughs> You're not even in the same atmosphere. I was close. <laughs> no, you weren't. I was. You didn't even make it halfway across the Atlantic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a third of the way. <laughs> Well, I was close. Uh, No, you weren't.
7: Sorry. In my my mind I was close. Yeah,
6: well, that's probably true.
7: Well, Mm. anyways, I love our group sports I come up with that we never do together. I'm not doing this. I I, I I usually have an open
4: mind. I am passing on this one.
7: No, I'm not I don't want to do it either. I'd rather go skydive.
4: Although if you go to the top of the VA, we get the grass. Ah, what's the worst that can happen?
7: You break your neck? I mean, I don't want to be like...
4: What's the workman's comp policy here? Yeah.
7: <laughs> is. Like,
4: it is called good luck. Yeah. Did, you check your,
7: your, <laughs> did you check your 2024 contract? You're in
6: <laughs> our prayers. <laughs> but
7: there's people that do this like all over the no, world.
6: No, no, and, no. I mean,
7: and they go from like, I don't know how tall is a mountain? 200 feet? What? How tall is a mountain? I don't know.
4: I'm just, I'm sitting this one out. One up.
7: How tall is the mountain?
4: It's About more than two hundred feet.
7: feet. Four hundred feet? More than that. Why? What is wrong with Aaron? If there he's <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying they're gonna climb a mountain, <laughs> and they're gonna uh, you're gonna jump <laughs> like a flying squirrel. I kay. would not do that. Or if one? you get in an airplane and you jump out, it's which just is insane air, not like this.
6: Well,
4: same six and one half a dozen of the You've other. You've seen a football field. Right? Mm-hmm. That's
7: like 100 yards.
4: Yes, which would be 300 feet.
7: Which would be a long way away from one end to the other for me. Sure. Okay. But do you
4: think that's the size of a mountain? No,
7: I think a mountain might be a little bigger.
4: Like four or five, yeah. <laughs> a little bigger.
7: I'm just, I'm it trying just, to conceptualize. It kind of depends which mountain you go to.
4: Mm-hmm. Maybe. I, sp- I I I would imagine I you'd have some I, criteria to be a hill ra- a, a hill I, versus a mountain. I think <laughs>
6: to be called a mountain, you have to be over a foot, two or, or four hundred feet. Yeah.
7: Okay. Well, I wouldn't even do it off a hill then. Okay. I mean, four hundred feet. VA for- is
4: like a couple hundred feet. You do that. Hundred feet.
7: You mean like right over here? The yeah. VA? Right over there. Yeah. Probably a hundred. I think it Just-
6: is. Get on top of the press box at Wisd and go down to the <laughs> fifty-yard line. Yeah, you could do that. You do it first. Nope. Yep.
7: No, I'm not doing this. This, mm-mm. but I will go nine thousand feet in the air, ten thousand, and jump out of a plane.
6: Okay, well. Because
7: you have two parachutes then.
6: What if both
4: of them don't work?
7: Well, then I guess it's my time to go.
4: Honestly, that's a great way to think about it. That's how I think about it. Seriously. If it ain't working, eh,
7: well, I guess the good Lord's go. calling, baby. I guess. It's, I mean, you could be in your car yep, and something yep, happen. You're or, right. You You're could right. be in the studio and strike. What is that stuff lightning hit? I mean what is know. that
6: stuff? Lightning?
7: <laughs> I couldn't I could get it out, <laughs> but I mean, right. I don't know if this could be like a competitive sport
6: well, I'm sure
7: uh, I mean, maybe you, I try you to have look. races
6: or something. I don't know, but I oh, would.
7: let's race like a squirrel flying squirrel down a mountain. whoever gets to the bottom wins uh, it,
6: it, no, this is
4: you know that's probably what they thought about individual sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They probably thought that was crazy, too. Yeah. Well, Who knows? Anyway, All right. Is that your talk for today? Boy, that is thrill-seeking to the max.
7: I know. I'm a thrill-seeker. Death-seeker. We'll see if you can find
6: a 200-foot mountain.
0: We'll be back talking Big 12 right after this. <laughs> Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas.
9: To me, it was kind of a rude awakening for the ponies. Paid their way to be with the big boys in a Power 5 conference. I don't think we should read too much into these bowl games, but if you're going to complain that you should
0: be in a New Year's Six bowl, you better go handle a six and six ACC team. Matt Mosley, weekdays from three to six on ESPN Central
3: Texas.
1: Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. Central Texas, it's time to support our youth. You're invited to attend the 2024 McLennan County Junior Livestock Show and Youth Fair February 5th through the 9th at Extraco Event Center in Waco. More than 500 McLennan County 4-H and FFA students will be exhibiting livestock for an opportunity to sell at the annual Sale of Champions Friday, February 9th at 6.30 p.m. Last year's sale brought in a million dollars for student college funds and future projects. For more information, call 254-722-2597 and like the McLennan County Junior
0: Livestock Show on Facebook. Find sports news streaming and show podcast at com. Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe, ranging from one-half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one-half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H-braces, fence posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com
6: Steve Myatt, a Stiefel financial advisor is a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears Since 1890, Stiefel financial advisors like Steve Myatt have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Myatt at 254-399-7450 To schedule an appointment or stop by Stiefel Waco office located at 1200 West Highway 6 Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated member SIPC and NYSE Direct for a free in-home estimate. Universal Windows Texas.com or call 254-301-7760 And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews.
0: I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. From the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas.
6: And welcome back to the Press Box here on this Tuesday. As we cross the 1 o'clock hour, Thomas Rocco, new defensive coordinator for the Temple Wildcats. We heard from the offensive coordinator yesterday. We'll hear from the new D.C. coming up here in just a little bit. But let's get back to some college basketball. We talked about the Kansas game last night. Well, it doesn't get any easier for the Big 12 tonight. And you have Texas at number 11, Oklahoma. And Cameron, I'll ask you this. Is Oklahoma maybe, other than Houston right now, playing The best basketball behind Houston right now in the Big 12, in your opinion?
4: Yes. I think so, too. Yes, based on who they've played and, you know, maybe this is unfair, but the talent level to it, too. I I know Tech and Kansas State have been playing pretty good basketball, but I think, like you said, Houston and Oklahoma right now, and Kansas in there, too, um, with the talent, are playing the best basketball. I think Oklahoma's a very dangerous team right now. I do, too. And... Uh, That was one of the ones I had circled at the beginning of this conference schedule. It was BYU and Oklahoma. Those were the surprise teams that climbed into the top 25 with a not great schedule in the non-con. And I'm like, well, we see this every year. Can they hang in the Big 12? And I circled TCU and Iowa State for similar reasons. Can they go the other direction and compete in the Big 12? They've all been there. Mm-hmm. BYU certainly has, and Oklahoma definitely has. I mean, they are a legit top 15 basketball team. That's not that's not just played a week non-conference schedule and hasn't gotten into the beef of the Big 12 yet. I mean, we can't say how great this conference is every day and say, well, they haven't gotten to the best teams, the Big 12 yet. Sure, they haven't, but they're clearly still playing good teams. And they are every bit as deserving as, what, 11? I think they're ranked now. Yeah, number um, 11. And this will be a good test for them tonight. Because we saw, because jury's still out for me on Texas. One game wouldn't have changed it for me anyway, but I still think that's a game they should have lost. I think Baylor gave them that game on Saturday. Not that they didn't earn it, but you know what I mean? Like, like they had them where they wanted them. They had them when they wanted them. Yep. And and (laughs) Baylor kind of outstunk them the last eight minutes of the game, right? And so they're still looking for wins. And is that one in Norman tonight? Yes that would go a long way for Rodney Terry's team if they can have the guard play they had on Saturday with Hunter and and Asimus. Completely turns their season around. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we saw great shooting out of them Saturday. We saw good enough energy. Um, I'd still need to see some more from them on the defensive side, and that's what's going to show tonight, I think, because um, OU, when they really get going, are a very good defensive team. They are. West Virginia at UCF. Do we look at West Virginia through different eyes right now? Than we did last week, sure. I I think we we have to. to. We have to. Um, Now, it's one of those things that I still don't know that there's a game this season that you look at them and you're like, this is a West Virginia night. It is, because they're not going to have the talent. But they're beating these teams. They beat Texas. They beat Kansas. So this is probably the closest toss-up on paper because of – or I guess I should say West Virginia will beat Oklahoma State. But um, this is the closest toss-up on paper for where these guys are ranked preseason, and they've both been better than expected but not mm-hmm. great um, in the Big 12 schedule. Uh, they have both beaten Kansas. Isn't that something? That's unbelievable. But, yeah, we got to look at them in a different lens. And UCF, too. I don't think they're tournament teams, but they have and will continue to cause some chaos in this league.
6: And that's kind of the way this league is. You can't count yep. anybody out other than— I'm going to say you can count Oklahoma State out. Sorry, I just they're not a very good yeah, basketball team. They're now. just not a very good basketball team. The other game, or there's two more games, but number four and number 21, Houston at BYU. This could be fun tonight.
4: Love this matchup. Houston isn't just the best defensive team in America. They are comfortably the best defensive team in America. In fact, their points, I saw the stat this morning, They're number one in points allowed per game. It's like 51, which is really good. And the second team in the nation is Virginia, unranked Virginia, which is at like 58. And so that's a huge gap. The gap between one and two is the same gap between two and 36 in that category. They're holding teams 23 points below their season average. This, I, I am fascinated to see this because they haven't faced a team that can be as good as shooting the three as BYU. But we saw them earlier this year. They are a three-point shooting team and really not much else. So I, I want to see, I'm hoping that BYU is hitting their shots tonight just to see this Houston defense sweat a little bit and see how, how versatile they can get. But um, this, is, this is a great matchup tonight. And also, you do have to play altitude into these things for you teams do. who are going there for the first time. Um, I'm, I'm worried about that with Baylor, uh, next month when they go to BYU. So, um, Houston, this is a good test for them tonight, but they are no matter what, even if they give up a hundred tonight, they are the best defensive team in America. Sorry. TCU and Oklahoma state. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I didn't. I just, I think you look at TCU as some missed opportunities over the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks, really.
4: Yep. Yeah. have been lost two in a row. Uh, Last week, they went down big to Iowa State in that game, that first half. They made it really close. I think they lost by one. Mm -hmm. But uh, the only thing I think that trips TCU up is looking ahead to Baylor on Saturday. Uh, I don't think it's a big enough game to do that. It's not like Baylor's ranked number one. Um, So, yeah, I I think TCU takes care of business tonight. I don't think that's all that entertaining.
6: So there's your matchups in the Big 12, and you just mentioned it. TCU comes into Waco Saturday afternoon to take on the Bears is this a good time after what happened in Austin on Saturday for Baylor to have this stretch of seven days off before they play again or would you rather had seen them hey let's get back on the court Monday night Tuesday night as
4: soon as possible I'm gonna say it is a good time to have the week off and I go back and forth on that I really do but I'm gonna say yes because they lost two games last week in very different ways. We talked about it yesterday. Obviously, the, the horrid shooting performance against Kansas State, they lose. They correct just about everything that you saw in the stat sheet from Tuesday on Saturday, and they still lose. They, not to say they didn't do things wrong. And so I think this is a good flesh-it-out kind of week. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Scott gave them something very light, if not the day off yesterday Mm -hmm. and just, Hey, you know, there's some things we need to get back to the drawing board here with. There's some things that probably just the coaches need to confer with before getting into this game, because it's not, it's not a week to just game plan for TCU. This is your week to get your ducks in a row and game plan for the next month of, of the big 12 gauntlet. So uh, I, I'm going to say it's a good thing. And they could come out rusty on Saturday, and hopefully that doesn't sink them. But I think this is a good time to have it.
6: Well, and I think it's good that you're on your home floor Big. on Saturday. So you can yeah. take – I mean, I if it's me, I give them a couple of days off. Uh, that's, I, yeah. I go off yesterday, that's or and then maybe today just a light shoot around. Get Let's get our legs back underneath us because it's it's been a grind so far, and it's going to be a grind to the finish line. So mm-hmm. if you could take advantage of resting your legs a little bit – I think it behooves you.
4: Yeah, and, and I think there, and I think there are things that the, the, the team needs to figure out for themselves. I think personnel-wise, you know, is this the starting lineup we want to go forward with? You know, Langston Love is giving us double digits off the bench every night. Is he more valuable to us off the bench, even if he's playing 31, 32 minutes, Or do we just put him in the starting lineup? Or, you know, we saw a mix of the zone in there the last couple, last couple of games that's worked really well. Are we a zone team now? this is I think it's coming at a at a good time because of the question marks that have come up in the last few games so yeah I, I would say light week I mean you got to be ready to play on Saturday. make no mm-hmm. mistake, but keep it light you know get some get some valuable practice time, even if it's light, right? I mean, how many times do they do? you just not have the practice time between a Wednesday. You get beat up on a Wednesday night and you got to travel and play Saturday morning. There's not a lot of practice time in there. Um, So I think that's that's what's going to be a lot of fundamentals, X's and O's this week, I'd say.
6: All right, Big 12 basketball coming up tonight. Coming up next, Thomas Rocco, new defensive coordinator for the Temple Wildcats. He'll join us in the press box. We'll talk about his new position with the Wildcats right after this.
8: Baylor, Big Twelve Basketball on ESPN Central Texas.
2: Baylor Basketball welcomes TCU into Foster Pavilion this Saturday. 2:30 for the countdown to tip-off. 3 p.m. tip-off Saturday.
8: Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Pat Nunley and John Morris here on the flagship station for Baylor Basketball, ESPN Central Texas. Steve Myatt, a Stiefel Financial Advisor, is
6: a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears. Since 1890, Stiefel Financial Advisors like Steve Myatt have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Myatt at 254-399-7450 to schedule an appointment or stop by Stiefel Waco office located at 1200 West Highway 6, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated, member SIPC
3: and NYSE.
6: Papa Rolos Pizza, Waco's oldest family-owned pizzeria with two locations to serve you better, Valley Mills Drive and Hewitt Drive. Come down in for a unique experience or use their convenient drive-thru on the way home. Order online at PapaRolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. That's PapaRolos.com and use the coupon code online
0: for 10% off your order. PapaRolos, voted the best pizza in Waco. The Big 12 Shootaround, weekdays at 5.50 on ESPN Central Texas.
4: Some of those old injuries, they begin to creep up and things begin to start hurting again. I finally got to the point where I'm like, I can't just wake up and know my knee's going to be bothering me and push
2: through this on a daily basis. Old football injuries can't keep former college and pro football player Bobby Carpenter down, so he decided to check out the all-natural regenerative pain treatments
4: at QC Kinetics. I was fortunate enough to obviously sit down with QC and kind of understand your body still has the ability to heal in it. We just need to give it a little bit of a boost. Exactly. QC
2: Kinetics concentrates your body's own healing agents in your painful hips, shoulders, knees, or back. Everyone can say, well, you need to replace this or replace that, but it's no surprise to see people being willing to try
3: this first, especially when it has such great results.
2: QC Kinetics treatments take place the same day right in the office. No downtime. Call today for your complimentary consultation and see if you're a good candidate.
0: Call QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100. That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100.
9: Witt Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company, now has two locations, same great quality, same great prices, two great locations, Gatesville and Marlin. Witt Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection, metal building systems to meet all your construction needs. With our extensive range of materials, we ensure you'll have everything you need, commitment to quality and customer satisfaction. We strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down
6: the road from Higher Price. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams and Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Ford White's Cameron Seward along with you here on this rainy Tuesday afternoon. And joining us now, the new defensive coordinator for the Temple Wildcats, Thomas Rocco. Coach, welcome to Temple, Texas. And how you doing today? We appreciate your time.
10: I'm doing really well. Um glad to be here.
6: Coach, what was the thing that attracted you most to Temple, Texas? Tradition? Coaching staff, kids, when you got to see them up close and personal, I know there's a lot of factors that go into it, but why Temple, Texas?
10: Well, they said it didn't rain here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Coach. But, um, found out that was just a recruiting ploy right there. No, it's uh I guess, a combination of a lot of things. You know, everything just kind of aligned, um, you know, mutual uh, – uh, contacts that, you know, knew about Coach Stewart and, you know, had heard good things about him, heard great things about the district, good things about the town. And I think everybody in Texas knows something about Temple, and there's always been uh, good teams over here, good players to come out of it. So it's kind of like you said, a combination of uh, several different things. that just kind of led, you know, all, all paths kind of led here, you know.
4: And you know, obviously, Temple's got a great tradition; have produced a lot of talent. But was high school even on your radar when the Sam Houston season ended, or when you started getting calls from other places? Was high school a thought?
10: Gosh, yes, I couldn't tell you. I've been coaching in college for twenty years, yeah. and and every you know, you pull, you go out recruiting, and you pull up on campuses, and then you see the way coaches interact with their players, and you you get a feel like for what it is. And so, I'd be lying if it wasn't the seed was planted a long time ago, you know, um, and I, and it wasn't necessarily on the radar. It was just something that kind of uh, came to fruition out of, you know, um, I guess just uh, life running its course, and um, and so the opportunity came available, and, and here we are.
6: Coach Cameron mentioned coming from the Bearcats as defensive backs coach and special teams coordinator, but you've also been at West Texas A&M, And also as a head coach at Tyler junior college, where you had a lot of success, how much did those stops help you define what you want to do defensively here at the six, a level,
10: man, that gave me goosebumps. Just kind of helps me remember all those stops (laughs) because there's been great people and good memories all along the way. And uh, defensively, I've got to work with is coaches that are a lot, a lot better than me. And it's kind of rubbed off. And um, I think what it, offers more than anything. What I found out after 20 years is that, you know, the best defense you can run is based off the players you got in the locker room. It's not necessarily a 4-3 or a 3-4 or nickel defense, anything like that. It's more so um, who we've got in the locker room and uh, getting those guys to believe uh, in us as, as coaches and and then finding that belief in them as well. So we'll find a way to get the best 11 out there. But to answer your question, we've been well-versed in several systems, so pretty confident we could put a good product out there.
4: And, and Coach, talking about that that move to, to the high school game, and, and you said you, you've been obviously on high school campuses for, for decades now on the recruiting trail here and, and yeah. getting people to come come to your colleges. So was there ever times where you were just like making notes of – man, I like that this program does this to get kids ready or or maybe this program should do a little bit better. Did you like keep a running track in your head of, of kind of what programs were doing at the high school level with you as a college coach?
10: Yep, I'm going to incriminate myself now. I've been stealing for years.
4: <laughs>
10: like taking it back and acting like, you know, hey, I came up with this great idea. But yeah, I've been... Been in awe of all the, you know, the Texas, there's been a lot of people I've I've learned from over the years and, you know, showing up to off seasons and watching them practice or in the middle of a playoff run. And so to answer your question, yeah, I've been keeping a definite track record of that. And, you know, the, all the coaches, Texas high school coaches, they're more than willing to sit down and talk with you and share ideas. And so I've really enjoyed that, that part of it. Really enjoyed that
6: visiting with new defensive coordinator for the Temple Wildcats Thomas Rocco and coach I know I've worked with coach Stewart for a long time and, and I know he's a defensive-minded guy and has a whole lot of high energy how much fun was it just to sit down and talk defense with him when this process started taking form
10: Uh it is I mean that's what we like to do that's like <laughs> it's like my hobby it's his it's his life you know and like so it was uh yeah, you can sense the energy, sense the knowledge, and um, um, yeah, it's contagious. And you get a couple of guys like that in the room, and you're just kind of bouncing off, you know, bouncing ideas off each other, and um, coming up with you know new thoughts and questioning new things, and and we could do that for hours. So it was, I really enjoy this great part of the interview process.
4: And I'm interested to know just what what your first few days have been. It looks like yesterday was your first day actually on campus at Temple, but. Talking with Coach Stewart, don't know if you've gotten a chance to meet with the players yet, but what's the first impressions of just the the Temple High football program as you step into it?
10: Man, I've, I made it a point and told my wife, I met a lot of uh, a lot of people that went out of their way uh, for me, you know, making things happen quickly or making sure I was situated with this or that. And that made a great message. We're just talking about district employees and then you get to be around the coaches and these guys do more in a day's time than most people do in a lifetime for for the kids just to go to high school here and then being around the players um they are uh they're like sponges they're, you know it's been I've only got to be with them for two workouts now got to make it over to the middle school and there's energy at every level there with the freshmen with our varsity group at the mid school level there's energy and it's just it's just really neat to be a part of the process at an early stage, you know, in their football careers. So it's been it's been really uh, energizing, I'll put it like
6: that. Coach, how important is it for you to, to be able to go down to the middle school and install some of the things that you want to do defensively, philosophy-wise, to get them ready to come up to the junior varsity and varsity level?
10: I think it's the neatest thing. You know, it's another chance to go share with people and uh, make an impact. You know, here in the in the community and beyond the X's and O's, you get to uh, hopefully impart you know some of the wisdom that you gain over the years after making all your own mistakes, and uh, really look forward to uh, getting involved with uh, with all the young men.
4: And, and kind of towards that same vein, uh, just making that transition here at a temple high coach Stewart called you this detail oriented guy. Obviously that's what you got to be at the, at the college level. And I know this is a work in progress, but how much of that do you think can translate over to, to the high school level, just to being detail oriented, getting really into the X's and O's versus how much you still have to teach the game at this level. Do you think that'll be an adjustment for you?
10: Um, Yeah, I think it will be. Um, But I I think, And you can probably talk to coaches at any level, professional level, all the way down to junior high and simplicity continues to dominate teaching. And so, I mean, we're not going to do anything mind blowing and brand new to football. You know, Um, I think, like I said, simplification is a pretty good weapon and I got a degree in elementary education. So that kind of, I think it's really helped me throughout my career you know, give information to people in a way that they can absorb it. So um, it'll be an adapt it'll be an adaptation, but uh, um, I don't think it's going to be just earth shaking. You know, from my standpoint, I think the kids will take to it pretty well.
6: Coach, I know getting in the weight room this time of year is is priority one, and and kind of getting acclimated with personalities and things like that. Just spending some times with the kids, but how important is it? when you hit the field in spring training to be able to install enough of the defense to where you're comfortable coming in into the fall.
10: Um well we'll just use a use a kind of a logical progression, um, you know, to develop a foundation. And as you get into the you know, the weekly game schedules, there will be specific things that you're going to use to defend whatever that team does best. So we'll have a foundation. We'll have a base established throughout spring ball and and fall camp. And then at that point, we'll be ready to tweak it in, in a way that the kids will be able to grasp it week to week as things will change.
4: And, Coach, looking at the uh, Sam Houston results this year, obviously not overall the season that you guys wanted, but I'm looking at the scores here, and a, a lot of scores for the, where the opponents are in the teens. So, you know, your your defensive backfield, you know, wasn't getting lit up every game or anything like that. In fact, they had a pretty good season. So with that and the tough transition that it was for Sam Houston, when you look at a team like Temple that's trying to rebuild, do you think you can use a lot of the positivity that you used with your guys throughout this last year at Sam Houston Uh, to kind of carry over and bring confidence back into this Temple High program?
10: Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be part of the blueprint. It's going to be – I'll be more concerned with the way we do things more so than what we do. I'll put it like that. Um, um, I'm really, really looking forward to, you know, digging in with these kids and teaching them about the game and then teaching them how, you know, to play the game more more so than imparting a – a scheme on them you know um, and I think that's what like it was a swarming compete unit at Sam Houston and swarming and compete meant um, I mean that's the way we lived our life on the field and off it's about being your best self and you know want to instill those same values here in the Wildcats
6: Coach we asked Coach President yesterday about the fact of having the opportunity to get back into Temple for him you having the opportunity to come into Temple but also the fact that at Temple High School, you have the opportunity to have athletes that you share with other sports. How important is it for your defense to have those type of athletes on the defensive side of the ball that are competing in other sports, staying competitive throughout the year and have those competitive juices that they can take away from and, and go to your defense?
10: Well, I believe it's going to be a big deal. You know, when you're on the other side of things and you're recruiting high school athletes, you want, you want to find a guy that plays basketball, that – plays baseball that runs track and has success in those sports and you know it, it gives those guys a chance to compete year round and to develop new movement patterns and to take information from different coaches and i think that's what that's what this age and this level is all about is, is having a great experience and i don't know anything that's more fun than playing multiple sports you know <laughs>
4: And, and, Coach, you said a few answers back that, you know, you're more worried about how you guys do things rather than necessarily the results there. And so when we talked with Coach President yesterday, he talked about the the high-octane, quick-strike offense that he is trying to instill there at Temple. And and that can sometimes make defenses look bad on the final scoreboard. So is that something you'll have to adjust to as well, of just keeping the kids focused and saying, you know— Sometimes you're going to give up some points, but it's about how we do things and, and, you know, the kind of style in which we play, especially with an offense like that on the other side.
10: Well, all right. (laughs) I'm glad you tipped me off on Coach President. (laughs) 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 all coming up. And so, again, that, that makes the case for simplicity because when an offense is going that fast, they're limited. You know, they can't, you know... It, they're limited in the kind of plays that they can run. And so if you can educate your defense about tendencies within a tempo offense, I think you can still have success and keep points off the board. It could be, it's a double-edged sword, you know, it's because uh, you don't want to hurry up and go three and out on offense. If they do, then we get the ball back. And I'm just good with that. But in, in those situations, you want to take away the explosive play because tempo's not made to go, you know, three yard handoffs and, Get first downs like that. They're trying to hit a big explosive because you're either fatigued or you're not lined up. So it'll help us uh, in a lot of ways. It'll simplify communication and um, teach our kids how important it is to keep those explosive plays uh, to a minimum.
6: New defensive coordinator Thomas Rocco with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Coach, again, welcome to Temple, Texas. Have a have a great week. Look forward to talking to you throughout the spring and and have some fun.
10: I'm looking forward to it. Thank you all for your time. I appreciate
6: it. All right. there goes Coach Thomas Ronco, defensive coordinator for the Temple Wildcats. And impressive resume we went over a little bit. Uh, He's been a head coach uh, at Tyler Junior College, had stops at Midwestern State, Uh, also did some coaching uh, at Sam Houston State, West Texas A&M. So he's he's been in the college ranks for a while, and some good programs, and there some too. really yeah. good programs too, and and done an outstanding job everywhere he's been. Uh, I I think if you're the Temple Wildcats, you've got to be excited about both your coordinators that are coming in to try to freshen the things up and give you some different opportunities. And if you're a player and you got these two guys that we just talked to, I don't see how you can't get excited and be ready to run through a wall for either one of these guys. I
4: was going to say, if, if I were a player on this team, I'd be excited to get to work right now <laughs> yes. in January. You know, even coming off a, a tough season, and let's be honest, I mean, that's that's not a fun thing for, for anyone. But and it's not those a typical thing the for the Temple Wildcats. Right, right, especially when you, you've you never seen this growing up. And uh, we, we know the potential that Temple has, but to be able to pull in both these guys, both guys who just looking at their resume – could have been head coaches in the right situation in high school this year like if they had gotten the right call right but instead they're they're both coming in to coordinate your team and make and make your team better and i just think that's two strokes of genius i mean with with the guys they've brought in with the resumes they've got with the guys they've coached under played under the level that they've played and coached at um this is two terrific hires i think for temple and and you know we talked to both of them the last two days and They've they've certainly got their heads on straight. I'll say that. They're they're looking at the right things, and this is this is going to be a bit of a process. It is. It's gonna be
6: fun. I can't yeah. wait for spring training. I really can't. I want to go out and watch Quicker it. Quicker than you know. Yeah, it'll be here before we know it. Oh, by the way, coming up in just a few days, the UI realignment as well. Ooh. And that could get that could get very, very interesting, especially for a deer. lot of teams around Central Texas. Yeah. And for the Temple Wildcats. There's some rumblings of, you know, some more movements. You know, two years ago, it was a huge move for the Temple Wildcats. The clean schools disappeared. Yep. Something that they've been playing for, for a long time. Does that come back together? Uh, I don't know. There's some rumblings about that. Should be a whole lot of fun, and we'll have a lot on the UIL realignment coming up right here on the Press Box. Coming up next, let's get back to some college basketball. That's next on the Press Box.
8: Baylor, Big 12 Women's Basketball on ESPN Central Texas. The
2: 13th ranked Baylor women back in action Sunday in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. 1230 for the countdown to tip off. 1 p.m. tip off Sunday. Follow
8: the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman here on the flagship station for Baylor women's basketball. ESPN Central Texas.
3: Hey, folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. 2024 is here, and it couldn't be a better time to purchase your next new Chevrolet. For an example, Silverado is as much as $10,000 off. Traverse is $5,000 off. And the all-new Equinox, $3,000 off. And we also have the largest selection of new and pre-owned inventory folks that we've seen in years. And we don't play any of the games or gimmicks, just honesty and transparency. So give us a call, 840-3261 or 24-7 at turnerschevy.com. And remember, folks, we're only a heartbeat away at McGregor, or we treat you like family. Buy a new roads.
0: You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios.
3: My house has a new
6: Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call two five four three zero one seven seven six zero. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my
0: windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. From the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. On the road with Mr.
2: Rhodes. Hey, here's the shocker. Cars are bigger than people. So if you're behind the wheel, be careful. Those crosswalk stripes, yeah, they aren't left over from National Painted Street like a zebra day. They mean you need to stop for people in crosswalks and yield the right of way when turning at intersections. And no looking at phones, photos, texts, emails, or holding your jeans or where that nickel fell. Oh, and please, slow down. Sound advice. Mixed in with professional sound effects.
8: Be safe. Drive smart. A message from TextDot.
6: And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Thanks to Coach Rocco joining us in the last segment. New defensive coordinator for the Temple Wildcats. Looking forward to spring ball, Cameron.
4: Oh, it's coming up quick.
6: It is coming quick. (laughs) And not just for the Temple Wildcats. For all these schools around here, how is spring football going to look like? And especially... After what we talked about going into the break with the UIL realignment, you're going to have an idea of, okay, not only what do we have to do to improve ourselves in spring, which is pretty much what you do in spring football anyway. Mm -hmm. It's more or less about us than them. But you also kind of have an idea of, okay, it's about us. we got to get the fundamentals right. But we also have to know – do I have to change some things because of the defense or offense that I'm going to face in district play is what we've run for the past going to
4: be enough to get it done. Right. You just don't know. Right. That's the thing with these even years. And I'm sure what you just described is, is what kind of sneaks up on a lot of coaches because you're right. I mean, everything in the spring is, you know, how are we plugging in these new guys, new positions for the guys who've graduated and, and, you know, what, what's our roster going to look like? who has gotten better? who's gotten bigger? whatever that may be. But you also got to be thinking, you know, mm, we got this team, we got this team in the district now. I think if we do this, we, like it it starts to it starts to creep up on you there's some anxiety to it. You know, because where no matter what your move is, it's never just heck yeah, man, we're there, let's do this. Like there's always something. You know, I I do China Spring and and they were uh, obviously top ten the last three seasons, but the last two in a new district, and now it looks like they're gonna go down. And so you know they're thinking about oh, you know, we're now we're gonna have to play Conley in the in the district and ooh, all roads probably lead to Carthage now, four A two, you know. So all of those things they, they do they do creep up, but especially from actually especially from who we were just talking to the last two days at Temple, like you talked about going into break of what is that district just, what is that going to look like? Mm-hmm. You know, I'll use the China Spring example, and, you know, you usually do play Conley in the non-district. La Vega's going to go down with you. So uh, Robinson was in your district two years ago, so you know you have some familiarity there. With Temple, this could be a big mix-up. And and, and not just Temple, but a few of these other big Central Texas teams. Mm-hmm. It could be a big shake-up for these districts.
6: It really could. It's fun. I can't wait for the realignments. And, and I know coaches are sitting there going, hush. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can wait a little bit <laughs> I'm, pl- I'm plugging
4: that four A too that's going to be a it, fun district it's,
6: it's going to be a lot of fun and it always is yeah. and usually I'm, I'm at the realignment doing a show live done it in the metroplex done it down in austin and it's fun to watch those coaches soon as the board comes up it's like the new york stock exchange right. they look up and they go you either here all right are you here whoa okay and then they start Running around the room trying to find games for non-district. It's <laughs> yep. a lot of fun to watch.
4: That's got to be nuts. It's a nah, lot I've of fun. I've never seen it myself. That has to be nuts.
6: <laughs> Baylor women's basketball last night. Oof. K-State gets the win 58-55. to And I don't know about you, but for me, the second half shooting fell off for Baylor. Yeah. And there was a lot of forced shots, especially at the end of the game. What was oh. that? What was that last shot about? There was plenty of time on the clock. Did she just not realize how much time was on the clock? Was she trying to get a foul and, and go to the line? I don't I don't know. It just it looked like that was forced, and it was very, very quick, and they could have at least set something up better than that.
4: It was wild. Yes, yeah, so it was Jada Walker. And at first, I thought, and I think the broadcast said this too, there was 11 seconds left, so I'm thinking, did she think there was one second left? We just had two stoppages. We just had a timeout, and they had a, a Kansas State had a foul to give um, the play before to kind of wreck Baylor's drawn play. And I'm like, that just doesn't make any sense. No, no player gets two stoppages and doesn't know how much time is left at this point in the game. And then they said, well, maybe she was drawing a foul. And so that makes more sense. Does it mean it's smart? No. <laughs> no. Um, because, again, there was whatever, 10 or 9 seconds left by the time she does that. And so I'm thinking, even if, like, even if you do foul, or if they do foul you and they get the ball back, you can foul them. Like, if you hit their free throws, it's a one point game. And no matter what they do at the other end, it's still a one possession game. And sure, you're working with six seconds instead of 11, but that's an easy way to combat that right there. Cause, um, I guess she was trying to get it up and get the three foul shots, or, uh, maybe that was their last foul to give, but, um, it it was kind of a microcosm of what was happening at the end of the game, for for the ladies, and it's very similar to what happened to the men on Saturday, no points in the last four and a half minutes, and K State only ended on a six nothing run, only, but it was over four and a half minutes. If That's I, the key. If I tell you with five minutes left when you're up three, Kansas State's only going to score six more points, you'd say, okay, good, we're we're going to win the game. We're going to score ten points. We're going to score twelve points, and you, you hit the nail on the head. They just, and it was the whole second half. Credit to Kansas State's defense. That's the best in the Big 12 and one of the best in America defensively. They were just, they had contested everything. But Baylor got out of their offense completely. And they became a three-point shooting team with three minutes left. And I'm like, what is going on? And as damning a play as that Jada Walker prayer thrown up was, there was one with just under a minute left that I pointed to and I said, that's, that's not good. Uh, that that's a confidence issue. Dariana Littlepage Bugs, who's had a good season, didn't have a great game last night, she didn't score, gets the ball on the baseline. She's driving to the baseline. At this point, it's it's a three point lead. Kansas State didn't score the rest of the game. Uh three point lead with under a minute left. The Baylor's down three, sorry. And she's driving on the baseline. Kansas State has a helper coming to close her down, but she's got a, she has a look to the basket, but she doesn't do it. She doesn't even, take
6: that shot. Doesn't she even should look have.
4: at the rim, yeah. or did not even look at it. And you could see when she got the ball, she's thinking past the whole time. And Trey Edwards, who's one of their best players, is open for a three, but you've got a layup. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, and there's not three seconds left. There's fifty-seven seconds left. You're not playing for a three-pointer here. And it, it, I think it was just a confidence thing of. I'm getting it to the better player here. I, I have to. She's open. Even though it's a three, I, I've got to do it. And I, I just think there's a couple of players on this team right now that that are just going through a confidence issue in the middle of a season where they've lost a few games. Sarah Andrews is still one of the best players in the country, um, but she's hit a snag in, in her jump shot. And you saw it again last night. And at the beginning of the game, Nikki Collins telling her to be aggressive, you know, shoot your way out of this but be aggressive make the right play and she was early on and then it they just really seemed to tense up in the last few minutes especially but the whole second half of that game they, they scored 16 points in the second half yeah and I thought I thought they tried to force the
6: issue outside the arc yep. too much in that second half I really did I, I'm not saying work the ball inside and go to the glass all the time but work it to the elbow take some some short jumpers Build your confidence up. Maybe draw a foul if you want to work it down sometimes and get to the foul line. But I felt like in the second half, they were forcing the issue from outside the arc and just trying to say, oh, we're going to get hot again. And they never did.
4: Yeah. And to this end, this is where I thought Kansas State played it perfectly. We've seen it this year. Nikki Collin has said this in her press conferences. They're a finesse team. They're not a tough low post team. They're just not. They're not going to take it to your chest and get to the hole. And a lot of times that's okay. But what Kansas State did was they said, we can we can contest everything. We can get in their shirt here because they're not going to drive on us. To that point, they're not going to get to the free throw line. They That's not the way they play. They play with speed, with pace, and with space. And Kansas State said well, we're just not going to give them the space. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they're calling every hand check, which they don't usually do in the Big 12, men's or women's, then maybe we'll have a tough night. But they just said, keep contesting until they start calling fouls or until they start going at your chest. And to your point, Baylor never did it. Never did it. They they kept trying to shoot around it, find space on the outside. And there's just, there's an adjustment you got to make there as a coach, even if it's not till the fourth quarter you got to say, guys, we've got to put the ball on the floor and get to the rim here a couple of times. Because maybe, you know, we're we're probably not going to get layups every time down the way they're defending, but we will get to the free throw line. And they didn't do that. And so credit to Kansas State there. That was their strategy of, hey, make them do something they're uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. And Baylor didn't do it. They stayed, quote-unquote, comfortable forcing threes and shooting, I think it was four for 20 from three. So, uh, yeah, not a good way to end the game at all. I think it was one of their last seven from the floor, scoreless in the last four and a half. It, it just can't happen. They had three turnovers in that span too. Um, plenty of chances to, to cut into it, take the lead, tie the game, and uh, that offense was just completely out of funk, completely out of funk, specifically that whole second half.
6: Yeah, second half was, was where it, Kind of started rolling up on them. I, I thought they played pretty well in the first half, honestly. Yeah, led for
4: 31 minutes. Yeah,
6: and it just it didn't happen. And they've, and they've got first lost to in the Foster. Yeah, for either the men or the women last night. That's disappointing. Yeah, but they'll get right back at it uh, coming up in just a few days. How about tonight? I'm really interested in Big Twelve women's basketball tonight because I want to see what this looks like. UCF going into what were to take on the TCU Hornfrogs Frogs, who forfeited their last two games, who had open tryouts. They get a girl off the volleyball team, and she's now on the roster, plus three others that made it as walk-ons. What's that going to
4: look like? That's what I'm fascinated by. And the eyes of the conference are going to be upon it tonight. Oh, yeah. and and, it's, and shame on ESPN for not putting
6: this on the big channel. Honestly because I, this is a st- this is this may be the biggest story in women's college right. basketball right now and it's going to be on ESPN Plus instead of on one of the big channels
4: and if they had it on one of the networks that's a small way to make a negative situation more of a positive sure because of what you just said people want to see what's going to happen like I know it's a it's a terrible situation what's happening at TCU, and you might say that's not good for the women's game. But getting a lot of eyes on a on a Tuesday night women's game with two of the bottom teams in the conference that is good for the women's game.
6: It is, and and I think people are fascinated by yeah. you get four players and you put them on the roster
4: that were just walking around going to class. Yeah. four days ago. Not even not right. Not even your regular walk-ons because. Most walk-ons in any sport are preferred walk-ons, right? They're ones that the coaches had the eyes on. They just didn't have the scholarship for them. Mm -hmm. These are true, legitimate walk-ons. Ones, like you said, were just students a couple days ago or their volleyball season was done. And to that end, too, it's it's also a competitive basketball game because UCF haven't won a game in the Big 12 yet. But look at how they hung with Baylor on Saturday. You think they're ready to win a game in the Big 12? You think they're not going to be up for this game? they sure as heck are. And for TCU, it is more of a intrigue factor. Again, I, we can't say it enough. This team was 14 and 0 coming into the conference season. I know it wasn't a gauntlet of a schedule, but TCU women's basketball had like never done that. You know, mm-hmm. this this was a turnaround for them and it just kind of all falls apart within a matter of days, losing games and then and then just this horrible string of bad luck and injuries uh, I, I hope I hope they have a great crowd there tonight. It's at TCU, right? It's in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Yep, It is. I, I hope they get a great crowd there tonight um, because, of course, this team does deserve their support for what they've had to go through. But uh, I'm interested to see if they come out with a fire in their belly, how how they're playing, what what the new girls do if they get into the game. Uh, it, it There's a lot of intrigue surrounding this game. I, and I, it's I think it's be fascinating. It's not like they're going up against number five in the nation. No. You no, know, that's that's a different story. That's like that's like seeing those SMU teams when they got out of the death penalty playing at Notre Dame and Houston and all those. But this is should be a good competitive basketball game with a pretty sizable intrigue factor there.
6: I I'm 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 all in. I just want to see watch how this.
4: I want to see how it unfolds. I don't watch Big a 12. lot of Big Twelve women's basketball outside of Baylor. I'll watch this. I think I will too. Just to see, you know. What in the
6: world? How is this? Because they're going to get some playing. Some of them. They're, I don't know if all four
4: of them are going to get play a dime, but a couple of them are going to hit the floor just by just by the math. Yes. If they just had enough that they l- could not feel the team, six players, then yeah, they're go- they're going to have some some opportunities to get out and touch the court. Fascinating. I think it is in the middle of a conference schedule in the Power Five. Oh, it's great stuff. And I, and I, I you know. Lord knows I'm no TCU fan. I really not. But I, I I'm rooting for them on this one. I, I'm hoping they can at least pick up the pieces, man, and not be embarrassed out there because it is they from all the stories that we've heard, it's just some hard luck. And I, I hope I hope they're able to find some good luck here. it starts with facing a team like UCF, hopefully. But they battle Baylor.
6: Well, and the other thing is, I, I I think you got it right too, because the fact that it has been Injuries, that's plagued them and put them in this position. It's not like they had some players act up and were suspended off the right. team. Or that's the, a whole different animal. Or, or the coach
4: had, was a jerk and people
6: left. It's yeah. it's not that. It's yeah. not that. And so that makes it even more intriguing. Of how how do they put this thing back together again with some with some students that were walking the halls basically just a few days ago yep. and
4: shooting hoops at the rec center. I mean,
6: what if you're What if you're one of these four girls' parents? How excited are you? Yeah. And you make your – you're going – we're going to Fort Worth tonight. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be – high water. It's got
4: to be exciting for them too, right? It's got to be. It's got to be. I I just – I would have loved to have seen these open tryouts because, you know, at at a Big 12 school like this, there's a lot of athletic talent that's not – Yeah, I would like to know the numbers. I bet Stephen
6: Simcox may know that. We may have to try to get him on again – because I would like to know, I mean, there was not just four girls that showed up and said, hey, no. I want to play basketball in college and let me give this TCU thing a run. I want to know the numbers, sheer numbers of how many showed up for that. Because I, I would say there was probably a good number of of girls that showed up and said, hey, why not?
4: Yeah. And it makes me think of, I got a quick story here. This, this girl I went to, to Baylor with, I had a class with her. Good looking girl. Truly. Um, and she had one of those things at like halftime of a men's basketball game where like they pull a student out of the stands and they shoot three-pointers and free throws and all that. And Ward, she gets out there. and I'm like, hey, I know, I know her. And she just starts banging threes, like nailing them, like four in a row. And I saw this girl and I said, I think I'm in love. <laughs> and so I say that to say, there are There is talent on these campuses that can that can play maybe not quite, you know, scholarship Big 12 basketball, but not that far off. So I'm hoping it's someone like her that is out there. Maybe it is her. I don't know her eligibility <laughs> status. This was four years ago. But uh, maybe it is someone like that uh, for TCU. So it's going to be an interesting one tonight. Should be fun. All right, coming up
6: next, J-Mo. He'll talk uh, more about the game last night. Inside the Foster and have some more uh, interesting insight to Baylor coming up in just a little bit. Followed by the Matt Mosley Show. It's all right here on ESPN Central Texas. For Cam and Aaron, I'm Ward Whites. Until next time, so long, everybody.
0: This is ESPN Central Texas. Central Texas.